Hello, LaGrave family. It's Holy Week, Tuesday, April 7. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And our help is in the name of Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. At our house, we are trying to teach our children how to gather together and pray out loud. And we're doing this with greater and lesser degrees of apparent success. But some of the things we're trying are giving the kids prompts, having them respond to something like, we're sorry, God. We're thankful for God. We're asking you, God, for this or for that. And we love you, God. Some of those are easier for the kids to fill in than others. I'm sorry, God, or we're sorry, God, seems to be a little bit trickier and more abstract for them. But this week, our daughter, who's four, um, said in response to, we're sorry, God, we're sorry, Jesus, that you had to die on the cross. And while I was expecting her to say something a little bit more concrete and specific to her day-to-day -day life with her family, um, it seemed to me that that actually names how I feel during Holy Week. Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you had to go through all of this for us. Over and over in the Gospels, Jesus tries to forewarn his disciples about what's coming. He's trying to prepare them, and maybe saying it out loud helps him get a little bit more ready for it too. But they just don't see it, and maybe they don't want to. One of those places is in Matthew 16, right after Peter confesses that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus starts to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. And Peter verbalizes the involuntary cry of our own hearts. No, Jesus, we're sorry, Jesus. We wish it wasn't so, Jesus. Matthew says, Peter took Jesus aside and started to rebuke him. Never, Lord, Peter said, this shall never happen to you. But Jesus summons strength forged in wilderness temptation. And he says to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Jesus lives with the weight of recognizing the reality of his own upcoming death. He lives with the weight and the loneliness of trying to let his closest friends in on that weight. To share with them that the greatest accomplishment of his life had to be this way. This week I'm asking God to take the heaviness that we feel, 
the awareness that we now have, perhaps for the first time in a different way, that our own days are not guaranteed, that the tomorrows of the people we love may be more in question than we've ever come face to face with before. And I'm asking the God who carried the weight of the cross to carry that heaviness with us. The whole point of Jesus' coming was to accomplish resurrection. And to do that meant going the way of the cross. Dying was a prerequisite. So to show that he really was the Lord of life and the Lord over death meant showing publicly on other people's terms that he could defeat death no matter how it came at him then nobody with any credibility could say that his resurrection was just a magic trick. It had to be this way. So as you sit with isolation this week, at, with loneliness, with the weight of worry on your shoulders, I'm asking God to turn the weight that we feel toward the cross, to hold that with us, to help us see and appreciate and tell him that we love him in a new way. So I'm sorry, Jesus, but I'm so thankful, Jesus. And I love you, Jesus. Friends, may the peace of Christ go with you wherever you may be. May he guide you through the wilderness and shelter you through the storm. May he fill you with thanksgiving at the wonders he has shown you. And may he bring you home rejoicing face to face again once more. <laughs>